Girl, we're perfect. We perfect. We go together like peanut butter and jelly, girl. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm, girl. Yeah, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> are we going to be able to get, like, a sentence a sentence or two out of this? Because I feel like we're just going to end up laughing all through. I know. It's a good thing to laugh, so, I mean, hey, laughter is a good medicine, I've been told. It is, it is, it is. Uh, laugh it away, laugh it, laugh it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That document you sent. How did it go? Um, how did what go? Your day, girl. Your day. My day. Uh-huh. Oh, let me see. Hello, everyone. I am Marcibel, and this is the Marcibel Podcast. Welcome to the Mars Sibyl Podcast. Actually, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. It's the Mars Sibyl Podcast. Remember, it's Mars a funny Sibyl. name. Can you get more out of me? Get it? Oh, Mars Sibyl Podcast. My bad. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mars Sibyl. Hello, Laurel. Okay, let me try again. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mars Sibyl Podcast. Have you been... Um, I think we had this, um, my first recording with Solani was, I think, about a month ago. It was. So, actually, um, actually, it's the same, like, girl, a month ago. Yeah, exactly, it's a yeah. month ago. Whoa. Yeah, I had the car issue. Mm-hmm. And, and then now you said, I'm talking about it right now. Like, <laughs> no, it's like a month. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a month ago that um, we tried this out. And so, uh, we're trying it again. But what are you banging on there? Oh, sorry, you can't hear it. Oh, my yeah, bad. This mic is very sensitive. It's as sensitive oh. as the owner. It hears everything. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So anyway, uh, so it's nice um, having you back. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the last episode, and I hope that uh, you'll enjoy this even more. Aww. Or before we go on, so we did get some questions from um, a few of Tony's friends and followers, and I'm gonna just give a quick shout out. To everyone, uh, you know, who sent questions in, because we may not be able to take each one, because some of the some of the questions are kind of similar. So, well, I'm just first. I'm gonna, you know, just give a shout out to uh, Ada Unigwe from Austin, Texas, uh, Adenike Gabadin from Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, well, we got an anonymous here. <laughs> so, hi, anonymous. <laughs> Blessing, Nona. And of course, brown eyes. Hi, brown eyes. Um, we got some questions from her the last time. I'm thinking to her. Well, you know what? I didn't know. It's to him. It's the mister. <laughs> oh, yay. Okay, brown eyes. I see you. Uh, so, uh, Demola Phillips, Adewumi, uh, from Allen Avenue, Lagos. You may be from Port Harcourt. Um Iyanu Adedipe, Kejale, yeah. Kelechi Okara for Kelechi, from Baltimore, Maryland. And we have Linda Jenna from Zimbabwe. Wow. We have Michelle Kelechi Okondo from Canada. We have Mrs. Comfort Olasha from New York. We have Natasha. Okay, I can't say this last name. She's okay, that that name. I don't want to spoil it. Hi, uh, <laughs> Natasha. I don't want to mess your last name up. So, uh, so that's from uh, Ukraine. Omo Mia Falabi from Legacy Kaja. 
uh, Tega Ojo from Brooklyn, New York. Wale Ojo from Brooklyn, New York as well. And the very last, oh well, the last person on the list is Yinka Jolaosho, Abuja, Nigeria. So shout out to all of these people. Yep, yep. Thank you so much for sending your questions mm-hmm. in. We'll be updated. Thanks for taking time, time to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, straight to the uh, first question. I'm going to be taking the first question from Ada Unigwe from Austin, Texas. So from the last podcast, I wasn't looking forward to eating anything in particular. I did make uh, some suggestions, but she really was not keen on that. But again, I'm going to read the question. She's going to have to answer it regardless. What foods did you enjoy or dislike the most? And your best restaurant? Did you try any restaurant at all? I did. I did try some restaurants. So the first day I landed, my friend's driver had come <laughs> to pick me up at the airport. And then we went to a restaurant off of Airport Road. And I guess because I was really, mm. really hungry. They have this thing called native rice. And it's basically rice with fish and some vegetables in it. I thought it was very neat, like the concoction. I thought it was very neat. I liked that. And I had fish as well. And, had, of course, had some plantains. That was what I liked. Um, but then subsequently, I just wasn't... Funny enough, I wasn't really eating a lot in Nigeria. Seriously. And I, I think I... Uh, I, I was... You were stressed out. You didn't yeah, have time because, to eat. Yeah. Or you just were not eating. I, I think it was a combination of both. Or the excitement of being home after such a long time. I don't think, maybe, maybe a little bit of that, but at the point I got worried for myself. Because if you know me, you know I love good food, right? I, yes. I, <laughs> girl, that yes was too high. Bring it down a massive or two, okay? I don't need a little bit. Every yes. treasury, just kidding. Anyways, yes. I don't forget to eat ever. You know, I can forget many uh-huh. things but not to eat. And, but when I was in Lagos, sincerely, like, I would go, like, almost a full day, and I remember, oh, I haven't had anything today. Don't you just want that life? Yeah, but in... I mean, not like you don't want to eat, but just to yeah, know that, yeah, you that... know, there's a possibility to not eat, like, and not, it is, you know... have to think about why. Because there's so much to stressed about, that food becomes, like, mm-hmm. the lowest right. priority on your priority list. And now there could be pros and cons we can throw out about that, but I was worried. Right. It was so much so that one time my family had taken me out to Calabar Kitchen. You know, to have um, fufu and white soup, and I barely even touched the food. I was oh, looking oh, forward to it. I was looking forward to it, and I just I couldn't. I didn't want to think that I was just trying to be choosy or picky. I just wasn't hungry. You know, I would stay at home, and then my sister-in-law would come back, and the fridge would still have the same amount of food. And I wasn't going out most of the time to go out to eat, only if I had to run errands and things like that. Even the street food. So I wanted to buy bali, which is like roasted plantain, roast plantain, and I love me bali. In old, the old uh-huh. me, I took a lot of adventures with food, but because I, I remember I'd gone to a cold Jumata that one day when I had that time and I took out time by myself. You know, the driver took me. I was stopped with Pat, and on my way back home, I'd seen like those, the roadside bolisella, and the one I really wanted, someone had touched it and then they didn't buy it. I was like, no, not gonna eat, and I just walked away. I guess I, I played it too safe that I really didn't enjoy like those risky adventures I used to make with food because I really didn't want to get sick. I really didn't want to get sick. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. Are you sure it wasn't a mind thing? Because you're thinking to yourself, no, there's no way to get sick here in Nigeria because the health system sucks. Well, I, I don't, I, I don't mean, think it, it was a conscious thing. Yeah. Sincerely, I don't think it was a conscious thing. But it just happened to be that. I problem. mean, yeah, like a subconscious thing in your mind. That's what yeah, I mean. And because I was really stressed. I was there was a lot of days that I was stressed. You know, when there was no lights in some days, depending on what part of town I was living in. So I think all in all, like a combination of it, I just you know. So sorry for whoever asked that question. I did have that native rice. Oh, when I went home, my mom made that made that native rice for me. Well, I don't think to eat it because she came to the airport as well to come pick me up with the driver. 
and we had all uh-huh. got to eat it and she saw how much I liked it. So when I went to visit her at home, she made it for me and I liked it again. So I guess native rice was one thing I really ate when I was back home. Okay. I mean, you found one thing. So you didn't even try the ayamashi, not that one. I remember I told you it was the oil. Oh, you, you, you talked yeah, about the oil. oil. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was going to turn my stomach up. Oh. So Ada's question actually has a second uh, part sure. to it. It's, so she wants to know uh, bothered you the most about the social condition of Nigeria and what advice would you give anyone planning to travel there? One thing I really love about Nigerians and being Nigerian is we're very social. You know, we have that social cohesiveness. But our infrastructure is so weak. I mean, the roads are still horrible. So one of the things I did mm. when I got home was to have 20 of my friends together. And we had like a girls thing where we just talked about mental health, supporting each other, seeing how we can support each other's businesses and you know things like that. And I that, that was awesome of you. I mean, it's one of my way of giving back, and it was my way of just having to see all of my friends without having to go around because I knew I didn't have a lot of time. So I saw people I hadn't seen. in Oh, wow, you know what? That's a wonderful yeah, idea. Yeah, just do Sorry, I had a friend host that. Shout yeah. out to Ifi Anikwe, by the way. She was a host, and Ada for letting us oh. use her house in Surulere. So I had friends come oh. from all over Lagos. Thankfully, it was on a Sunday when traffic was, you know, at the minimum. You believe that somebody okay. hasn't seen themselves in years. And it became I that know. mainland island thing. Like, if you live on the island, you, you don't get out of the island unless, you know, you had to, and you go to the mainland and vice versa. Right. And, and, and I mean, something. the traffic was horrible, being paid. Oh, no, let's just talk about it. It's not normal, people. We need, to, we need to. Let's take a let's take a minute out let's, and just talk about let's the take traffic. A second. It's not normal, <laughs> and everybody jokes about oh Lagos traffic, but that's how it is. So it's become a, a meme or a gag, something we can gag about. It's not normal, people. Yeah. I had an appointment to at the, at the radio station. I my I had gone to see my parents at home in the Paja, and my dad mm-hmm. offered to drive me to my appointment. And we left home like 7.30 in the morning. The appointment was for t- wow. 10.30. Anyone listening to this, it was about, it, it was less than 30 miles. I mean, no, 30 miles isn't a lot. Let me just say 15 miles from my house to the place. But anybody that I really also know, Ipaja to Surulay. Girl, it took us four hours. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Girl, it took us four hours. What were you thinking? You should have left the house at I, four. I, see, seriously. I, no, I'm Girl, serious. I, like, I, you had an appointment for 10.30. And you left there at 7.30. What were you thinking? Girl, what had happened was, even though we took like the back roads, don't even bother going on the highway. Forget about going on the highway. It was more like low. Uh-huh. We had to go through the no. back, like, through the street, like, um, back streets. And then it started raining. Uh-huh. Like the clouds were dark and it was that kind of heavy rain. And you know when it rains, yeah. it goes forget. Everything just stands it's still. Not, it's not normal, yeah. people. We need to start talking about this. And then the number of trash on the road. Being paid. And then oh, when yeah. it rains, oh, yeah. like... Water welling up and then trash yeah. just floating. We need to. And you've been wondering where is this let's coming just, from? Let's just stop. We talk about the government. We are the government. If you throw trash yes. out of your house, who's going to come clean it for you? It needs to begin. We need to start disciplining ourselves from our own homes. And then that, that effect is going to trickle down. Because I saw so many things make way. It didn't even make sense. Like, you know how you're watching. But you know, you know the one that is most what? ridiculous? When it starts to rain, I'm not sure what people are I don't thinking know. or what. But What's going on in their minds? They go out. I mean, they go back in into and their homes. And the they bring that trash out. And throw the trash out. I don't get it. It's a boomerang effect. You know, those trash will come back and hunt you in any different way. Exactly. You know, you're, you're exactly with malaria because your gutters are going to be all clogged up. And then your street right. is going to snort, you know, in a funky way. We, we need to stop talking about the government like yeah. a fictional figure. Mm-hmm. You know how if, you, if you're watching an like, action movie... And if the mm-hmm. if the if the main character of the movie is trying to like make it somewhere before 
deadline. You know how the, the antagonist tries to sabotage them to make sure they don't get to the deadline. Right. So uh-huh. that was how I was like living in, like when I was in, almost like everything I wanted to do was being sabotaged. Like, even <laughs> my meeting that I was running late to, I had to be texting the people. I'm so sorry. I was so apologetic. They're like, oh, it's fine. We understood. We actually gave you up to 12.30. So they had even factored in oh, a two-hour... Oh, so Girl, I felt... They anticipated I'm, that. I'm someone that if I'm doing business with somebody, I want to be there when I say I have to be there. You know? I yeah. tried my hardest. So guys, please, we need to start talking about the traffic. It's not a joke anymore. You know, it's not a joke anymore. I, want, I had to go to Covenant University because I had a research appointment. Girl, they got to um, Ota. It's like less than 30 miles. It took me three right. and a half me. hours. Because the roads were bad. Let's not even even start talking about the bumps on the road. Not even bumps anymore. Because bump is like, "Mm," putting it mildly. Girl, no. The bottomless pit. The The gall is the deep (laughs) gall. The bottomless pit. You can't even swallow your car. Can we just... The wells. The wells on the streets. Can we, can we, we, Nigerians, please, can we start talking about these issues and finding ways to fix it? It's not funny anymore. It's not funny anymore. And if you don't get to leave the country... And compare and contrast. And I feel like people are so blinded to so many things. And I'm not blaming them for being blinded. Because everything works against you. And when I say Nigeria, by the way, let me just, you know, disclose it. I'm talking about Lagos. Before people say, oh, did you yeah, go yeah, to Akure? Did you go to Abuja? Okay, no. I'm from Lagos. So my perception of Nigeria is Lagos, okay? I'm going to extrapolate all of my experience drawing from Lagos. So back to Nigeria, <laughs> a.k.a. Lagos. I feel like people are blinded it so many is, because everything me. just works against you. Everything works against you. And so it's almost like a survival, like a hunger game. District 9, Ninja. Like, um, everybody's just hustling. So there's no time to think about these kind of issues. But as someone that has been away for so long and then coming back, I have a different kind of lens. And I'm telling you people, it's not normal. We need to, we need to demand better governance. We need to also govern ourselves and hold ourselves responsible for these actions. Because and it's, 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 I mean, oh, Nimilara, it's paining me. Because things that should be, should be nothing by now, like electricity, good roads, better education, we're still not getting it right. So this was my reaction exactly when I first went we back to, to Nigeria. Talk. We need to talk. We need, first to, time after we need to keep sounding long... the message. Guys, it's not normal. It's not normal. Stop joking about it. Like, you have to leave your house by 4 o'clock to get to work at 9 o'clock. Every day. Mm. Why? Mm-hmm. You can live a life where you can leave the house 30 minutes and still predict where you're supposed to be. Because when I see 30 yeah. minutes, when I see a place from here to that place 30 miles or how you call it 50 kilometers, to me I've already factored if I drive 60 miles per hour, that's like 30 minutes. So let me give a grace of yeah. 20, 25 minutes. Let me leave the house an hour before. Girl, no, not in Nigeria. Multiply that 30 minutes by like 10. How, what, what, how is that normal? How, how do you do business that way? Like how do you, how do you yeah. become productive that way? How? Yeah. How do you even have time for your, for your family? Now, I go home and I'm so By the time you're home, you're drained. That's it. You so then you to turn on the generator <laughs> and the noise, girl. Oh, yeah. My friend's house when I stay girl, there. and it's from everywhere. Girl, Everybody can afford a generator I'm now. You, so. I'm telling you. Girl. My friend, I have gone to stay with my friend's house. Kenya, shout out to Kenya, by the way. And her neighbor uh-huh. had like a generator that was fitting our bedroom. Girl, I was just close to going oh. downstairs to knock it on the gate. Like, hey, can you guys turn it off? And I thought to myself, you know what? Who am I to tell them? Am I going to provide that alternate sort of electricity for them? And, no, I'm not talking about the fumes. No, you can't, the you can't even too. open the windows. Because if you open no, the windows, you can't. the snow will get to you. Mosquitoes will come and bite you. Yes. So just say, and then the fan is rolling, girl. The flat heat is hot. The air that the fan mm-hmm. is rolling is like hot air. And I'm like, okay, no. Yeah, no one's going to kill me. Malaria or just, you know, death by exhaustion and... and, and <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, that was frustrating for me. Oh, and then the day I went to Ekodumata, by the way, 
God, I came mm-hmm. home high as a kite. What happened? So I've, I noticed that every time I went out, I wasn't staying out longer because I, I had a driver that shuffled me around. I was, you know, either uh-huh. using Uber or taxify. So that one day, uh-huh. I'm taking a trip to a Kojimata by myself. It was the longest I spent outside, like in open air and just, you know, exploring the market because mm-hmm. I wanted to have that experience again. I used to with my mom a lot to a Kojimata, so it meant a lot to me to go there by myself now. Almost like a passage of right I had grown up. Girl. Right. I think the air quality in Lagos is really bad. We need an environmental oh, protection agency. Let's forget about saving the whales and saving, you know, trees. We need to start saving ourselves because I got home high, almost as if I'd been inhaling butengas or methane, whatever is from petrol. But I came home mm. really drugged, almost as if I'd been drugged before. You know how I've yeah. had surgeries before? That when they yeah. put you under, like when you when you have anesthesia and they put you under, mm-hmm. that drowsy feeling you have just before the drug finally locks you out. Girl, it was the driver. I'm like, did somebody drug me? What's going so on? I, was high as a, I think the world was euphoria, like multi, whoa, multi high, multi day. And I feel like it's also another way that when people get home, they're so tired, the guy will start thinking because you're you're stressed. I, I don't know. We, we see, see, 2019 mm. is coming again. The clowns are going to come out of the of the zoo or wherever they're coming from, and they yeah. start promising you sweet nothings. See, governance right. shouldn't be this difficult. Nigerians are one of the best people to govern in the world. But I feel like we always just get the worst crop of politicians because they're always there to just look money. It needs to stop. Yeah. It needs to stop. It's not difficult. The people it's that really want to effect change, they're not, they don't have the opportunity to do I, I'm, I'm really so not sure what's going on with that. What's, we can't keep voting yeah. in these clowns, these bozos. We cannot keep doing that. And then you hear people just looting in money. Eh? And then I go, I go home and that thing was this, you know, Codin and Tramadol. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. It's a tragedy. Okay. But apparently it's not new. I had no I know it's, it's just starting to come to limelight. Yeah. They told me it's been it's been going on for a while. People that practice, I'm like, Yeah, I didn't get that memo. And then you hear a lot of artists. Let me give one example. Olamide, he had that platform to educate. I feel like it just every it's not a meme now, people just joke about. You know, I'm a science student, what if me got that for all the pro drug because to me that song sounds like a pro drug, whatever. He now had a line. And drug abuse is bad. But meanwhile, all of the videos and the dance, what in, to me, it wasn't addressing the problem. So now drug use that has, you know, plagued a lot of our young adults has become something we joke about. And that's the problem I have with us. With serious issues, we laugh about it. And it's almost as if it's the cowards way of just avoiding the problem. And then what does the government do? They ban codeine. Really? Is that the easiest way? Because people will still, they will find other ways to get high. Oh, they, they will find I it. Mean, if, yeah. if there's anything we can learn, look at the crack cocaine epidemic of the U.S. Because raw cocaine in itself was banned, and they came up with a cheap, horrible substance. Yeah, it's a cheaper version of people. it. Yes. So banning codeine is like, <laughs> it's almost like the, the the foolish way out. Let me just say that out there. There are many ways. Better rehab centers. Make sure mm-hmm. the social infrastructure is very strong. Because even here in America, people are plagued by drug abuse. But guess what? When they do want to make those changes, they have rehab centers. They might not be very cheap to go to, but they have rehab centers. They have drugs within for them that they can help them. Yes, and they have they actually have government programs to help they support can. people. Who and they have they it. have yeah. ways to just reintegrate them to the society for those that want to get healed. By right. Them. But what do we have? In, even people that are going to school, they don't even have jobs. So who, who are we who, who are we voting for? Like Nigerians, yeah. please listen to me. Before they say this girl has come, she spent whatever years in America. We need to start taking ourselves serious. Especially the young people. Please listen to me. It's not normal what is happening in Lagos. Like, it's not normal. And I know we're busy. 9 to 5 or some people fall to like 10 p.m. every day. You can live a better life. It starts by being angry. That anger we have that we always just used to gossip and just talk in closed doors. We need to be outwardly more angry. Everybody is now optimistic. People, Nigerians are still very optimistic. They're still very, you know, um, dogged and resilient. But I feel like we need to turn that in outwardly and be more angry. 
and demand change. All right, I'm I'm getting off the soapbox now. Okay, well I'm glad. Are you are you okay now? So can we go on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you got that off your chest. I can can then progress. Thank you for your um, yeah, you really needed to talk about all of that. So just well, before, before this, we but... finish talking, someone just said something. Living in Nigeria should be included in your CV. It's a skill. If you can survive in that place, you can survive anywhere. Seriously. That's a good If you one. can survive in that place, you can survive anywhere. That is why when we come out of Nigeria and still maintain that mainframe of doggedness, we become superstars where we are. Yes, yes. But then I want to go back home. I want to Nigeria want to like, go back home. I'm going to ask you to answer this question from Anonymous. Okay. Uh, he or she would like to know what your big take um, is from this trip. I miss home. You know? Okay. I miss home. And I think the theme song that I'm going to use for the opening of this um, whatever is that by Adequately Gold. Okay. And it, means, it meant a lot to me because my, one of my names is actually Ire Bawale. And for those listening, that means goodness has come home. There's, there's a line of the song that says, Ire, 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 Meaning goodness is calling me, yeah. it's calling me to come home. Mm-hmm. No matter how someone would have painted you know, that connection piece to me, I would never have got elsewhere when I went back home. It felt good to be back home where I saw people speaking the language of my heart, which is Yoruba, where I saw people like me just you know, walking on the streets. And you were not I black. wasn't black anymore, girl. Yes. <laughs> you didn't have an accent over the part. I No, you do have an accent now. <laughs> but it felt good to be lost in the crowd yeah. and you know and stand out when I wanted to stand out. Because once I opened my mouth, people were like, "This guy's not from here." But it felt good. It felt <laughs> good to be home. It felt good to be home. And like like you would know, like I've told you about. I think it was very symbolic for me because I had a lot of reconciliation, you know, between. You know, yeah. some key people that I want to just talk to about some past grievances. So it really felt good to be home. And I told myself, you know what? I hope I go home again. But if, if I could never go home again, I don't know for whatever reason. I'll, yeah, good. I'm good. I don't want to say I'll die happy because that's very morbid. But I'm good. <laughs> it was really good. People are still people. Nigerians are still Nigerians. And then when we talk about the bad things about Nigeria, we forget about the people. And I said that on my first podcast. And they didn't let me down. You know, the love, the intentionality, the warmth. You know, like I, I, I went out with my friends. A lot of my friends that I went out with, you know, to go. There wasn't Dutch pay. They refused to let me pay. You know, they refused mm. to. Even when I insisted. That's what we do. That's to, how we so roll. We went on, so <laughs> let's go for lunch, and then, you're, not, you're not paying. I'm like, girl. Yeah, it's on me. It felt yeah. very awkward because I kept them at the point. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Keep your money. But that to me, it, it was it was different. So it felt good just to be with people that I hadn't seen in a while. Even though we're not in different spaces and you know different phases of our life. But we had a commonality. Yeah. We could just get almost as if yeah, we, we kind of, you know, got started exactly where we left off. So it felt good. It felt, re- it felt refreshing. <clears throat> and even more so, I'm, I'm more passionate about Nigeria now because I feel like I want to use this platform to keep addressing some of our issues. And if I have to be that one that, that is living in America and telling us how we need to govern Nigeria, that's fine. And let me be the scapegoat. But I feel like these issues need to be addressed because the things mm-hmm. I saw... And the people I saw, there was a mismatch. Nigerians don't deserve mm-hmm. that Nigeria right now. It's unfair. It's yeah. unfair for the kind of people that we are in, in the kind of country. Yeah. There's, a, there's a mismatch there. We need to, we need to fix yeah. it. We all need to fix Not the government. We are the government. Yeah. That's that. Same Anonymous would like to know. She said on one episode, I'm not sure why I keep referring to Anonymous as she. Okay. Uh, on one episode, I think the one in Brain Drain, you mentioned adding value. So what are some ways you're accomplishing that? That's the question Anonymous has um, for you. All right, first, um, Anonymous, I like you when people refer to my past episodes. It shows that you've listened to my episodes. 
You listen to it enough to remember my point. So thank you for holding me accountable. I love that. Brain drain, adding value. This is one this is one way I'm doing it. The podcast is one way I'm doing it to add value. And one of the things that I talked about, if you listen to my episode with Adenike, I want to start mentoring young young people now. And I found that I've actually been doing that. I just didn't know it was mentoring. I have a lot of young adults you know, that I talk to on a regular basis and I follow up on their careers and ways I can just be positive, like that positive role model to them. So this is one way I'm doing it, like talking to people, letting them know you retain your core values, you don't have to sell your soul for money, you don't have to sell your soul for whatever. Um, and I'm, t- I'm being honest about my process. You know, people see the glory, but we forget to share the story. So I'm being raw right. about everything I had to do to get where I am today. It's with hard work, not giving up and retaining my core values. And I feel like if we tell people just the, the, the grit, like the, the roughness of it, so they can see that, okay, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it. If I'm going through the struggle and this person already had that struggle and they're where they are today. Because when I tell people my story, they're like, wow, you don't look to them. Like, because I don't, I can't share that publicly on Facebook because there's no space for it. So that's why if you listen to my podcast, you get to know more about me. I've always been honest about my struggles, just that I, I look at the audience and I try to like gauge if they're ready to listen or they're ready to absorb it in. So um, I'm mentoring and I'm also sharing my story using this podcast. So that, so that those are the two things I'm doing. And yeah, along the line, I'd like to sponsor education and help people with, you know, whatever projects they have. I just don't have the finances now or the capacity, but I feel like as we grow bigger, as the more civil podcast grows bigger, I would definitely like to, you know, help like monetary and find ways I can support small businesses and fun stuff like that. That sounds like a wonderful, you know, project. I know that God will um, help you to bring it to and Blessed Nonna from Ijegun, Lagos, would like to know, why are you always happy? You're hyperactive, you're adventurous, you're busy and all. Do you ever have a downtime? Are you ever sad or unhappy? Okay, um, <laughs> Blessing. Yes, I have downtime. Are you, are you kidding me? I am, I get sad sometimes. I could answer, I could answer this question for you, but go ahead. <laughs> Well, yes, yes. And I'm sorry if I haven't been very open about my sad moments. Yes, I do get sad a lot. I do get unhappy as well. And I do get impatient about some stuff, and that makes me sad um, sometimes. But you just don't stay there. Yeah, I don't, that's it. I don't stay there because um, there's this internal mechanism I have that kind of bounces me up. And I also have a lot of people that surround me that know where I've been before and how far I've come. So I have people that always remind me of you know who I am sometimes when I'm like really down and I don't remember. So support yourself with people that can always bring you back up and you'll be that person to them as well when they're really going down. So I do get sad. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? I mean, <laughs> you maybe you need to ask my friends and my husband to tell you that I'm probably not fun to be around with when I'm really, really sad. <laughs> and then what else again? Um, you said I'm adventurous and happy and busy and things like that. Yes, that's the only way I can function. I've tried to do it the low-key way, but I my temperament is, I, I think I score high on a neurotic portion of it, but I do have some level of agreeableness. So that way I'm not going to be a, a serial killer or a psychopath anytime soon. <laughs> and I'm, I'm quite extroverted, so I have to go out there to get the energy to be to function, to be the best self for me. So that's why you see me out a lot. I'm also very enthusiastic about so many things. I love to learn new stuff. I get high on information, actually. I like to learn new stuff. I'm always very anti if I don't know something new. So, so I'm like almost like an information forager, like a squirrel gathering nuts. I'm like that person, you know, gathering information. And I like to have people around me because I feel like I learn more from people as well. So that's why I host a lot of, you know, evening to get get together with the students. Uh, students are one of the best people you can hang around with because they keep you very refreshing. 
um, and then yeah. you help your, you recycle your ideas and you, you get feedback from them. So that's, I think it's just mm-hmm. my temperament. I've, I'm comfortable enough in myself to understand that this is how I am and that margin of weakness I have, I can only improve on it. Initially, I'd always wanted to be quiet in a way because there's a, I feel like there's a dual part of me. I have my quiet side, which I know people might not believe. I have my side. So when I'm quiet, sometimes people think I'm, I'm sad, but not really because I think a lot in my head. And I'm, and so when I'm thinking, when I'm quiet, it's like, Oh, is she okay? I'm fine. So I do have those times where I have to like renew myself. But overall, I think embracing who you are is probably the best thing you can do. Whether you're quiet or not quiet, you know, just keep being the best you are, you can, and while you can, and that's just it. Okay. Uh, thank you for that answer. And thanks for being open about that, actually. Oh, I'll just give you a generic answer. Oh, nice. So that was, um, that was good. So brown eyes. Hello, baby. Ooh. Brown eyes would like to know, you know, how your visit went. Was there any cultural shock? What were the highlights of your visit? I think the one cultural shock for me was the slangs. Like my jokes were so outdated. Yes. <laughs> was, like, I'm sure you were trying too hard too. Too hard. <laughs> I was like that country bumpkin from the village side that moves to the city and tries to be hip and cool. So uh-huh, I was, the I was left out in many conversations. <laughs> And then one time, we'd gone for my brother's wedding, which was, you know, in Ibada or your state. And we're driving uh-huh. down with my brother-in-law. And I'd, I'd synced my phone to the Bluetooth, you know, speaker of the car. So I volunteered to be the music person. Girl, see the video just abusing me. Like, my songs were like, don't you have any Nigerian uh, current songs? I'm like, no. So my songs were like, MI, like old ones. And there were a lot of Korean uh-huh. ones as well, of course. And, and uh-huh. there were a lot of English. They were like, who are these people? Please, and even the driver was like, you know, please change it. They want change, their change the channel before I read this card. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt sometimes I felt left out of many conversations because I wasn't I wasn't updated. I didn't get a memo on the slangs and you know that. But you know what? I I kind of bounced back from that pretty quickly because I told myself, you know, if they came here as well, they probably wouldn't get some of the things to talk about. So it's exactly. just fine. Probably fly it's just fine. Their heads too. Um, the 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 shock for me was Lagos. Like Lagos felt worse. So there's this mainland island disparity that I'm seeing. So we drove to. The island, which is like Victoria Island, Lekki Ajax, especially on Babbage, Babbage, like they are building something there. Almost like this, I'm telling oh. you, almost like this Dubai, uh, I don't know, paradise somewhere, I don't know. But girl, Babbage, really? they have sand filled everything. There were street wow. lights, the flowers, the roads were good. And then you, once yeah. you start filling the bombs and the deep cavities, you know, in the mainland. Yeah. So there's almost yeah. like that disparity now of outcomes in every way you can think about. There's so much money going into my land, and I feel like that's where the rich people stay, so they are really developing those areas compared to the mainland. Yeah. I, don't, mm-hmm. I didn't like that guy. I mean, but we do have some rich people on the mainland. Well, but they're not, so... pro- they're probably not, like, uh, say for example, but if you wanted to wait it, like as far as the number per, per square meter. Yeah. Oh, I see what yeah. you mean. Yeah. So, yeah, you that's a, concentrated. Exactly. exactly. And, and you know, mainland yeah. is very diffuse, you know. There are many pockets. Mm-hmm. But overall, I feel like, it's probably the main roads where everybody flies and they're allowed to work. It's not well developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also loved Uber. Oh my goodness, Nigerians have this weird relationship with their Uber and taxi drivers. So, unlike here in Nigeria, you have to call your Uber driver and be like, "Where are you?" Okay, wait for me. They can actually wait for you ten minutes. Go, oh, yes, and they wow. won't start the trip until you, you sit in the car and tell you, "I'm about to start the trip." Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was cheap. Like you're driving, you, okay. your long distance is like a thousand, fifteen hundred naira, which is like what five dollars. Really? Are you kidding me? It was so cheap. I was living large. No, you can't. No, you can't do that. It was, you cannot. You can't do that here. You know, compare dollar no, to no, naira. No, no, but even you if can't. I wanted to compare it to naira, it's, it's still to dollar. It was still cheaper. Right. Well, okay. Yeah, girl, it was cheaper because I'm telling you, this trip could have. Not this trip could have cost me like twenty dollars, nineteen dollars here in the US. 
Twenty dollars, like I can yeah. imagine. Because I'm, yeah. I'm not talking about because a five dollar trip is probably like maybe a mile away. I'm talking about maybe ten miles away. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, that definitely yeah. cheaper than. Yeah. On the flip side. So you get more for your money. On the flip side, I'll see some people's cars with like check engine light, and I'm like, hey, you want to check that? Oh, that's how the car is. Don't worry, that's how we bought it. I'm like. There's something wrong. And then twice when I called driver out, they had over 18 issues. So we had to just wait in the car until the car pulled out. They had four tons. <laughs> so that was like shocking for me. So there's no check. You know, how, you know how in the USA you see check engine, like you have to like go like, ah, they me bam, they me bam, this is mechanical wahala. You know, but like, they were not even thinking about it. And you see a lot of, I saw more lights on their dashboard Actually, than I've seen on the Christmas tree before. But guess what? <laughs> like a light pops on my car. I, I want to imagine you are like, so I'm very neurotic. And then another thing is that when you sit down, sometimes you have no say on the music collection. I had a taxify driver who kept on increasing the volume of their song. And I didn't want to listen. I was like, hey, Jossa, I'm not in the mood today, Josh. Packing in. Hey, and then he, after a while, when it was quiet, the guy would not jack. I was like, you know what? I give up. And it was a long trip. And I actually had a driver that I, I just talked to. He was like, you know what? When I pick up girls, I don't like talking to them because they're very sarcastic. And I'm like, what does that mean? So like, most Nigerian girls don't want to talk. I'm like, I'm not most Nigerian. So we talked about everything. And then during traffic, I thought everyone knew his family, his daughter's name. He showed me pictures. Okay. He's worked in Dubai for a while. Because oh. I'm used to talking to cab drivers, like Uber drivers here in the U.S. anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having conversations. But I noticed that mostly I'm not used to it. So I want to strike a conversation because it's just awkward. Especially if I'm not working on my computer while, I, while you're driving. But I just want to get to yeah. know you and just, you know, find out why you're doing one why you doing Uber for the Saxify. And, you know, yeah. how's it like for you? What do you like best? So I like to just have conversations with strangers. And they didn't, they didn't yeah. support. I heard a lot of stories. They were really nice. I had a lot of nice drivers. They were mostly, you could tell that most of them were, you know, actively employed. Maybe they were out of school and there was something they were doing. I had, I had a good time. I had a very, and they were very, prof- most of them were very professional about, you know, tipping was not a problem for me because <laughs> if it's one thing I've learned to the U.S., against my better judgment is how to tip. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Anyway, so, well, I think you already addressed this question from your brother-in-law. Well, he said, why did, he wanted to know why you didn't finish your food at Calabar Kitchen. Sorry, bro. And he said, the soup is freezer. It's waiting for you till you come back in December. Ah, sorry, bro. Yeah, so, know. hey, now you know. I know. I was just <laughs> so hungry. I, but I really enjoyed the food. I wish I could eat it, but I was just, it was oatmeal, actually. Oatmeal, morsel, and white soup. And it had fish in it. It's really nice. Oh. Okay. So, do maybe from Portacourt would like to know why it took you so long? I think they already yeah, addressed yeah, this question. Yeah, you yeah. maybe listen to the other podcast. So, I told her about it already. This is the previous episode, right. the hot seat uh-huh. edition. Yeah. Okay. So, but this, the one I would really love for you to answer is the part B of a question where she wanted to know how you felt when you walked into your room after seven years. Ah, okay. Um... It was a bit very emotional. And by your room, I'm my not house. sure if she's yeah, been speaking about the house. house Okay, yeah, okay. Because that's, that's the room that I can, you know, um, relate to. So, I never okay. have a TMI here. I noticed that the structural integrity of the house wasn't what I expected it to be after seven years. Like, things were, like, were falling apart. And I was very sad about that because, and I thought to myself, oh, why can't we just maintain something as simple as a house? And the moment I said that to myself, I thought to myself, you know what? This is a house that does so many things. Like, when I just moved to the U.S., for the first, you know, three years, my parents were supporting me. And imagine sending Naira to to help with dollars. That's, like, a very huge, you know, disadvantage. And then yeah. when I had some health issues, my mom paid for help with, like, surgery fees. And then um, my, then so many expenses just coming up. So that was the trade-off. And for me to just, at that moment, it was humbling for me to have that thought. And also humbling for me to be the one saying, you cannot 
be this quick to judge because yeah. this house mm-hmm. has paid for so many things. I benefited from it, and my standing here looking all regal and you know fresh and all that is because somebody contributed to that, and the the cost was this house. And so I thought to myself, this is to give back more because I want them to live well. I don't want them to be worried about so many things like money anymore. I don't want them to be worried about stuff. I want to get them a better house. That's my long-term goal. But walking into my room, it didn't feel like my room anymore. Some things were still there the way I left them. Some things felt out of body, some things felt real. And as I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm imagining just smell. Because smell to me is like, smell as you know, evokes a lot of memory. Just, you know, the smell of being home, the familiarity, the, the sight and the and, and just everything. So it felt good. It felt nostalgic at a point. And I stepped on my bed, my old bed. I have an orthopedic bed, by the way. So I stepped on that, and it was good. You know, and my mom, my mom, bless her soul. She's always, you know, she knows me so well. She knows what things I like. And I forgot that dynamic because it's been a while that we're in that space. She's been me here in the U.S., but being back home, it's been a while that, in that, that in yeah, I felt like a little girl again. Because, you know, she yeah. gave me food that I like, like that native rice I was telling you about. And she uh-huh. took, like, two days off because she has a farm that she runs. So she didn't go to her farm, which I know was a big deal for her because she's always almost on her farm. So I felt, you know, very, and I told her, Mom, don't worry. She said, like, ah, when last you come visit home, don't worry. I want you to be here. So she stayed with me all day, and we just talked about stuff. So I felt good. I felt like a child again. I felt like a center of attention. I haven't had that in a while. I tried with my mom around. So it felt really good. So I want to say shout-out to my mom and dad. I'll work very hard for now. Mm-hmm. I want to give you guys a good life, and, you know, I'll, I'll keep being the daughter you're you be part of. And as God blesses me, I'd like to bless you guys more. So you don't have to worry about, you know, finances anymore. Aww. Yeah. Are you going to make me tear? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I know that God will help you fulfill all that your heart desires. So, Iyanu Adedikwe from Lake has seven questions for yeah, you, actually. No. <laughs> yeah, she was not playing. She was not playing. When you did ask, it was like, well, you asked, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and end those questions. It's rapid. So, first question, uh, she said, judging by what you saw regarding development here, do you feel we have a chance to compete with other, with our counterparts as youths in other parts of the world? Personality-wise, yes. Doggedness-wise, yes. Resilience-wise, yes. Social infrastructure, no. Okay, okay. And then she said, or we should just concentrate on seeking a greener pasture. No, see, and I, I okay, newsflash, I don't live in Nigeria. I've been living in the U.S. for a while. So, who am I to, like, dictate where you should live or not? But I see that the mass exodus, Nigerians seeking greener pastures. Canada is not the big place people want to go to. So who am I to like say, oh, stay back home in Nigeria? I've had mm. friends ask me, what do you think? I'm like, you, the hypocrisy you know, of it. The, so I cannot keep dishing that, you know, um, that <laughs> advice out, giving that girl yeah. she's like a thousand of miles away. But I, I said, don't let's not quit yet. Like I still say, I have that bias of living in the U.S. But if everybody leaves, how are we going to fix the country? But then you have to do what you have to do. Mm. I have friends asking me, like, what? I've said, you know what? Make that decision with your family. Because even moving now is not something cheap. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of, you know, yeah. fin- um, economic burden and even the mental aspect of it. And you find yourself in a place where you're not immigrate, your immigration papers are not complete or things like that. It's twice as hard. It's twice as stressful. But I'd yes. rather be in a country where I don't feel like I'm illegal, whatever the word might be. I'm, I don't have to look over my yeah. shoulders. Because I think that's the thing we have about Nigeria. We can roam freely. Well, freely, right. relatively. But So I don't. I, I said that's a quick yet, but we need to work on our infrastructure. Because that's why I'm talking about this. I want a Nigeria I want to go back to. I don't want that here in the U.S. This is not home for me. You know, I want a Nigeria mm. I can go back home to. I want a Nigeria I can take my friends to go visit. 
I don't have to worry about some of these worry about. How can I say explain that part to my Korean friends? Or you know, uh, um, roll your window up because they might snatch your back through the window. Like, I know, like, mm-hmm. like safety, and, and so we need to fix those infrastructure. I want to go back home. Um, Yana would like to know. How did you cope with intrusive questions by overbearing but well-meaning family? And- well, like I said before, I was just going to ask, oh my goodness, <gasps> you've gained so much weight. Ah, is that what the burger I'm eating in America? I'm like, yeah, I just laughed. I just laughed it off because there was no stopping it. I'm not one to control what people say. You know, I can't say don't tell me that it's going to trigger me. No, but I don't have control about how I interpret those messages. So I just turned around like, this is what I just concerned for you. So I laughed it off because they were mostly coming from people that were older than me. And there's that respect, you know. And I know respect is reciprocal. I didn't think they were doing it disrespectfully. It's just their way of saying, have you been in good health? So that's how I interpreted it. Did I have anyone ask me about kids? They did. And of course, the moment they ask you and you just smile, be like, ah, don't worry, God will do it now. They'll start praying for you, unsolicited prayers and things like that. But I don't know, Nigerians do care, you know, in a, just in a very different way. So shout out to all of those people asking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, so a few of the questions here that Yano has, I think you already addressed. Okay. Not I think, I know you already addressed. So I'm not gonna be, uh, be asking those questions. But she, she, she would like to know if you would consider moving, uh, consider moving no, back to Nigeria. No, don't move me back just yet. No, there's a, there's a pro, there's a movement called move me back. But well, you say you want to die in the U.S. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go somewhere, hang out somewhere like Korea or Pugetu, wherever, whichever one takes me first. Um, no, uh-huh. no, no, I'm not gonna lie. I'm as factual as possible. No, I'm not. For the Nigeria I saw, you know, last month. No, I'm not. Not for all the team China. Not for all the kimchi in Korea. No. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready. Yeah, no. Not... Yeah, did you hear Tolani? I mean, she's quite emphatic about I'm it. Sorry. She's not. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> for what? Like for what? For what? Until we fix our things. Until we get our acts together. And I'm see, I'm I'm ready to move back home when we can all be united on something that we need to fix the country. And then we come up with strategic plans to fix it. I don't mind being, you know, in front of that row going there. But the Nigeria I see now. No, what am I going to do there? I've seen how things work around you. And having to go back there is just frustrating. And I do have a choice. I can, I'm, I'm in a place where now I can live anywhere I want to be. Thank God. You know, but yeah. no, I'm just, Nigeria is not ready for me right now. And I'm not ready for Nigeria, simply put. I mean, and that's fair enough. That, that's just, that's where you are. And it's fair. I got in Nigeria I met, you know, last, when I just came back yeah. two weeks ago. No, I'm not going. Okay. Well, um, so Kelechi would like to know, uh, what did you learn? about Nigeria now that you've gone back after seven years? Like I said, the people are still golden. There's still that mismatch between the country itself and its people. We, we, need, we need better governance. And my fear is that this whole abuse and disabuse and misuse of funds and, and power is still going to keep going on until we do something. Look at a bunch of old cronies that are bringing up as you know candidates. Like, can't we do better than that? <laughs> Where are the young Why candidates? Why are we ruling by gerontocracy? What can't we do better than that? Oh my goodness. Okay. In Korea, there's something called the Seoul Undong Initiative. And that initiative was what, if you look at what scholars have said, it was what propagated Korea, South Korea as we know it now, into the leading Dajan that it is in you know, Asia. And how does it work? They divided Korea into small units. So let's say 50 something units. And every unit was like a local, like the way we have local government areas. And uh-huh. every unit. They provided them with basic infrastructure, basic like raw materials, like cement, wood, everything they needed. 
and they, they told them to you know build better houses um drainage build public toilets public infrastructure they had like leaders there and they empowered the youth to like serve as those that could make those changes happen and so for local governments or unions that weren't doing very well they didn't get as much the next time they asked is that biblical principle of to whom much is given, much is expected? Much is expected. But if your local yeah. government is doing, and I'm calling it local government, it wasn't called local government. If your local government is doing well, it's like almost it became like a competition. Like let's do very well because I know Nigerians yeah. were good at competing, but we're not good at competing together for each other. We're good at competing yeah. for all kind of things. Where they have that infrastructure leader, as far as the people, we just need to channel it. I feel like raw materials and just you know people improving on their community because if we can police our own selves. Like serve as the you know the security people, people watching out for bad behaviors for our own street, our local government. It's gonna be a lot better than you know waiting for the government to come and do something. Like all these issues yeah. of bad roads, we can fix them ourselves. But we need to provide the tools. That's why I say Nigerian youth are not lazy; they are just ill-equipped. You know, yes. and I feel like Nigerian youth as a whole, we've been very distracted for so long. Through many, if it's not Big Brother Nigeria, it's music, it's dance, it's your competing it's stuff. The government has treated us a lot with you know kid gloves that we don't even know the kind of power we have, the power we can, and I think I talked about this during my episode we had, we have so much power in us, can we just be united, find one person in our midst, and I'm not volunteering myself by the way, I have, I, I, I still, I, I still like, no, no, you no, just no, no, I'm not going into politics, Qu- quote me on this, quote me on, if I if I ever even at a point later in life, and I'm, never, never, don't let me say I've never ever, because right now I still like my head on my body, yeah, never say yeah, never, I still like the look of my, my head on my body, but I feel like, we need to at least get somebody in our midst. I mean, 18 to 45, I tell you that there's nobody that we can, you know, say this is the person we, we want to bring in to effect the changes we want. Like, there's nobody in 150 mm. million, how many people that we are in Nigeria. So that, that you know, that to me, especially the young people, we have so much power, we're not using it. We're the channel with so many things, trying to survive, scrape by, you know, make that money, 8 to 5, salary that can't even take you home. Let's even talk, talk about okay. the strikes, those that haven't been paid in years or months. So people are just, yeah. they're frustrated. And I feel like sometimes they deliberate acts by the government to suppress people. So much so that they have to be so high yeah. that you can't even start thinking for yourself. They can't, yeah, it's exactly. almost like reverse communism. Mm. When you think about it, people are still limited in so many ways. We're not even thinking anymore. By the time you're bombarded with all these problems, how, how are you going to have it's time to think? Again. It's like poverty. Yes, you're like, no, I can't need to be from today to tomorrow. Everything like, what's the tax for today? What's the survival course? What's the... Uh, right. What can I do to survive? That's all you're thinking it about. Shouldn't be, yeah. It shouldn't be, though. It shouldn't be. It should not be. But unfortunately, that's what it is. You know? Anyway, it's sad. But we're going to move on to the next question. Right now, it's from Michelle Kelechi Okwondo uh, from Canada. She would like to know what your uh, what is your advice for anyone in diaspora going back home after a long time? Don't. Uh, what do you mean, yeah, don't? I don't what what for? <laughs> hey. Just kidding. Just kidding, girl. <laughs> Did you see my eyes? So there are so many things I had to do beforehand. First one was get my shot prophylactic therapy um, for malaria because oh my, my genotype is very unique. I'm AC. That's my genotype. Ooh, you're one of those I'm people. One of those people. And I rarely have malaria, but when I have malaria, it's like shut the front door. She's it's gonna terrible. die soon. Cause that's really yeah. bad. and that's when I'm in Nigeria. And I know I'm, I'm um, having malaria in America. The CDC is gonna have my number on on speed dial. And I didn't want that, so I had to take all the necessary precautions. I had to get my yellow fever vaccine, get my thyroid shot. 
um, get my vaccinations up to date. And I was on doxycycline prophylaxis for a while, and I'm still currently using that because you have to use it two days before you travel and then 30 days after you come back. So there were so many things I had to do. Don't yeah, keep on that. that. I Don't spoil. I have a different, but if you know you're that kind of person, just get that. I also had to get mosquito spray because I, like, I didn't want to get bit. So I was just spraying that, splattering that all over my body. Oh, yes. Yeah, good thing that it, didn't, it doesn't have those you know, offensive odor. So I did that. So yeah. don't keep on that. Uh, while I was talking about that, when I'd gone to see my doctor for like the tropical disease guy, he gave me like a thick pamphlet about Nigeria, telling me about it. I'm like, guy, I grew up in this country. I am from there. You see me? Like him. And I, it's his job, really, because they're giving us all this WHO, you know, facts about yellow fever. Don't play with wild animals. Don't go. Which Nigerians play with wild animals? Like, I know. <laughs> so I had to ask him, guy, please, just give me the water. Don't tell you me. You see them in books. <laughs> I'm telling you, I said, I said, just give yeah. me the book. Let's stop talking. Because my was talking, I was like, you're from Peru. So I had to even ask because he was from Peru. I was like, you're from Peru. Would you listen to other things? Do you, yeah. Do you, do you see a lion on the street? He laughed, said he knows that. It's just his job. You know, take right. care of yourself, whatever you need to do, so you don't fall sick. So while you're there, know that you've changed. And people have changed, too. Even though people might think that they're still in the same place you met them. No, everybody's changed. So be very patient. You know, and don't don't be too quick to like, effect changes. And even though I'm talking about some of these things, while I was there, I tried to not be too strong. Like, oh, you guys are sucky here. You guys don't have this and that. I just then I, I listen more than I talk because to get to the core of the matter. That's a good skill to yeah, have. Yeah, to get to the core, you have to listen to people. And that's why I realized that commonality there was that people were still you know as friendly as possible, but they didn't even see some of these issues that I was seeing. But if I didn't listen, I probably wouldn't know because it wasn't more what they were saying, but what I was in addition to what they were saying, but what I was also singing, you know, mm. and have fun, you know, have fun. I didn't go dancing. I couldn't even dance at my brother's wedding because we had to run off late. That's another different story. The pastor, by the way, thanks for no thanks, since spent four hours, four hours for the sermon. Doing what? Sermon, girl, from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock. Sermon. <laughs> for we what? went to church for four hours. And it was a destination Whoa, wedding. What are you talking about? Girl, after like one and a half hour, Jesus left my heart too. Hey. <laughs> Jesus left my heart. I just, I brought up my phone, I started playing. And like, I've not done that in a while. I started playing games. For I said four hours, he was preaching. Girl, yes. So by the time we now got yeah. to the reception, it was like 2.30. And we had to leave by less than an hour. So I didn't get to dance with my brother. I wish I had gone dancing. So next time I'm going in November, December, I want to dance. I want to dance okay. really. Have fun. And, you know, have fun with people. Meet people. Talk to them. Visit their family. It was just, you know, just have fun because this is home. You, I've missed it so much. So, yeah, so that's, those are my advice. And then when you come back, uh, yab about it and talk about it like I'm doing now. <laughs> okay, so Natasha, uh, she... Don't say, don't, say, don't say Natasha S. from Ukraine. Yeah. Okay, from Korean. Yeah, I'm from Ukraine, rather. Um, did you experience a need for reverse cultural adjustment after a long absence? Yeah, it was just the light issue. The first time the light went off, I thought I'd gone temporarily blind. Like, what happened? And I took my, oh, yeah, yeah, there's no light. <laughs> <laughs> and, funny. Oh my, and I took my bath a lot of times. Like I only take my bath once a day. Yeah, I remember one of those times I called. Oh my goodness! And we're like, no, I, I have to get on the phone now. I'm melting. <laughs> I have to have my bath like three times a day. Cause my time, even though I was in, you know, AC, my car had the car I was in had AC. But girl, you just could not find comfort. Just, it was yeah, just, yeah. Ah. And even though my friend warned me not to like bring sleep clothing, so the clothes I wear here in the summer. They're still, uh-huh. they're still not aligned enough for Nigerian heat. So, for mm-hmm. heat. So, I was sweating a lot. I was yeah. sweating, so I had to take yeah. my bath. And that was kind of weird. And and when I talk, you know, oh my gosh, she's sounding like half full. And I'm like, 
Because when I'm very passionate, I can, I, can, I can talk like the Nigerian way, like I'm doing right now. But when I'm really passionate about something, which I'm almost always, you know, my, <laughs> my diction just changes and I'm like, oh, oh, my mom, it's doing well. And then, and then I go to the market because I already had that friend that they were gonna, you know, swindle me at the marketplace. Uh-huh. Anytime the woman, like one of these sellers, I was trying to haggle the price, and I told, I think she said it was a thousand naira for something. It was like um detergent, and I and I, okay. I told her five hundred and call like half of the price. This time, I'm like, where are you from? <laughs> so, I think I blew my cover, but it was it was yeah, just just those minor culture shock. But I was kind of open to what was going to be thrown at me because I prepared myself knowing that it was going to be different. So I wasn't very sure. Okay. Um, so, and the rest of the questions here, again, that's why we, uh, we give a shout out to everyone who sent questions mm-hmm. in because most of these questions are, you already answered yeah. already. I'm going to be taking a question from Wally Ojo uh, from Brooklyn, New York. He said, did you encounter SARS and how safe is Nigeria right now? Mm-hmm. So for those listening, um, SARS is Special Anti-Robber Squad. I think that's the name. Yep. Special Anti-Robber Squad. And they're like an elite part of the police corps. Um, no, I did not. But I encountered our friends, the police. Well, <laughs> we Nigerian police force. There's already a word force. And I don't know how you want to say force is already a negative word to me. Yes. Police is your friend. What a, what a misnomer. Like, those two words, force and friend, should even be together in the same sentence. So, my, the driver, my friend's driver, we were, mm-hmm. you know, just, when, there was this one-way place around Ikeja Council, for those that are familiar with it. In a way, if you want uh-huh. to get on the, you know, um, the major highway towards Ukwaja and Cement Along, or Cement Along and Ukwaja, uh-huh. um, the, the time changes from 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the evening. It becomes a dual lane, but from the morning to 5 o'clock, it was a one-way. And this was May 1st, which was a public holiday, Walker's Day. And you know when you're just driving and you reach the beginning of the, and you realize that, oh, this is one way, and you want to just try to retrace your step. Which, if it happened in a normal country, by normal country, I mean everywhere yeah. else apart from Nigeria, you were going. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because cop- that, that happened to me just last week. Exactly. So, and I had to reverse and that. Yeah. Nobody's going to stop you. But, girl, these no. guys. Once you realize your mistake, people start to honk at you. Not even honk. Not, not even he- no, no, no. They'll honk to get exactly. your attention so you can reverse exactly. back out. Exactly. But, no, these people came like, like swarming, like, you know. And you'll be wondering where are they coming like, from? Where were they? Why didn't I see like, them? They just came. From, ah, that's it. Uh, open the car, number one. What's your how dare you ask for us to open the car for you to get into the driver's seat? Where is it done anywhere that will give you a right to the police station? If you wanted to give me a ticket, whatever, give it to me right there. Why do I have to open it up for you to sit down? That number one was infringement of my right. And then the driver's seat, um, the police station. Okay, well, I'm glad that you know that encounter ended well. I'm gonna say it ended well. I'm not well, sure how it ended, anything. but I want to believe you ended well because you're here me, and you're talking to you me. me. So it ended you well. Because I remember that last advice you gave me, like yeah, girl, I was just about to tell you, it does not work it in Nigeria. Work. It does not and work. You can't do that. Got away this time, don't do it again. Do people uh-huh. say not all police are that way. No, the good police is start coming out, and they, not, they need to start doing more of the policing. Cause the bunch that I saw, like it took me, it took a lot of grace in my heart, a lot of Jesus in my heart, not to start hitting police people. You believe these people held us for like an hour, trying to siphon money. Oh my God! And I, ref- I didn't want to give uh-huh. money. My, my sister didn't know how to like call, and you know. Focus had to be made. Eventually, I parted with 4,000 naira. I just, at the point, I stopped talking to her. Because I realized that they're not reasonable. You can't talk to these people. They don't, they don't have this no. capability to think. No. You know? And then, they already and have then, a, then, they have a quarter for the them, day. Like, you know, and they, have, they hadn't met at because the time. So they needed to can, I, Even quote, if they got a ticket in the U.S., you can argue that out. Technically, we didn't right. cross that line. Court. We didn't cross that line. They now brought a uh, mental health evaluation, 100,000 naira. Even though they were talking, then, very uncool. And, you know, I was like, you know what? 
Yeah. I, can't, I can't waste my saliva talking. After a while, I just stop talking. And I guess my silence, you know, really, you know, really racks with them. They're like, okay, let's talk to your sister again. Because I called my sister. I said, do this, but I don't want to talk to them. Because if I start talking, I was willing to bring out my phone and start recording them. You know, I wanted to just do that. But like I said, these people can do anything. They can just say you did. They, and they would get away with car, it. That's the you know? problem. Yeah, so. They would do it and they would get away with it. And then, well, the life is lost already. And that's why for me, whatever, you know what? Just give it to them. The system is worked exactly. already. And you're not going to change the system just right there. And that's, that, that, that know, reminded me of how people, people say the government, we, but we are, we're even worse to ourselves. But we are the government. Are, what we yeah. do to ourselves want, is yeah. just a reflection mm-hmm. of what the government does to us. Exactly. Uh, what was that thing they say? Uh, Connie Kilam or something. Anyway, yeah. Something like that, exactly. I get yeah. you have that one of me. Yay! <laughs> I <started> my fingers. <laughs> Anyways, these are the questions that we have for this um, episode. Um, even though we got a lot of questions from people, it's just similar questions. And again, shout out to everyone who sent Thank questions you. in. You know yourself. Uh, thank you for sending the questions thank in. We you. appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I hope that um, uh, those questions were addressed one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And if you have more questions, please go ahead and send them in to the More Civil Podcast. How far is that Iris song? I like it. I like it. I'm listening to it. Yes, it was. Girl, it made me. It actually made me listen to other songs from the guy. Very oh, well, actually. You don't know him. Uh, he's a good storyteller. Yeah, sure. he's a good, yeah, he's a good storyteller. Life is a screener on the other side. That's what I thought before I took the ride. I burned my beats, so I never knew that. If I had known. The life I was searching for is a feeling right in the eye. to play the song.
Thank you so much, Ola Bingwei, for helping with the interview. <laughs> should bring you more on the podcast. <laughs> thanks a whole lot, and thanks for everyone, like Ola Bingwei said, everyone that sent their questions in. I hope we were able to do justice to it. This has been the More Civil Podcast. If you love more of this content, don't forget to leave a comment on the website, www.morecivil.com. And you can also rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes as the More Civil Podcast. The podcast is also available on Stitcher as the More Civil Podcast. Don't forget to rate and comment as well. Thank you all for listening and catch you on another episode of the More Civil Podcast. Yay. I'm your host, More Civil. Yay! <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, although being paid signing out. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Thank you, girl. Right. Thank you so very much. And have a wonderful night. You rest. too. Nice talking. You're going to be... Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you this. I was listening to you. Thank you so much for being so open. I know you're not, you're not a very public person, but when people listen to you, I, I'm sure they don't even know that you're not that public. I like that you put your personal preferences aside and you do this wholeheartedly. Thank you so much. Yeah. Because you're very quiet. You're not quiet, but you're a private person. Yeah. But that doesn't shine through when you talk. So thanks for sacrificing. I know it's a lot of sacrifice for you. But not like a lot of sacrifice to give me your baby. I know. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but still, like, for that space that you have, which I, you know, I really always try to protect. I try for my friends that are not as extroverted as I am. Yeah. I don't want to push you guys to do things I do. But thanks for being comfortable with this. And I see that shine through so much. Thank you, girl. You're welcome, boo. Anytime. Anytime. Alright, love, have yourself a good night. And I'll yes, see you later. Ma'am. And you too, boo boo. More dancing, dancing up, dancing up. 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 Danc